Go Sweat, I'm Jack Brady, and this is The Sweatcast, the weekly podcast that provides industry knowledge about the latest trends in the world of sport and fitness. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of The Sweatcast. I'm your host, Jack Brady. With me, as always, the co-founder of Go Sweat, Alex Hind, and our special guest today is Kelly Brooks from Kelly Brooks Yoga. Kelly, welcome to the podcast today. We're excited to have you on. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. Yeah, so to start off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and sort of your story in becoming a yoga instructor and what you're up to now. Yeah, so um, I actually used to work in a law firm. So I was in the business services part of um, a Magic Circle law firm. And I used to run their cycling club, um, and I had injured my knee just from kind of repetition on the bike. And someone said to me, go downstairs to the yoga teacher. He's like this 65-year-old Scottish beer-bellied yoga teacher, (laughs) who's actually the most inspiring man I've probably ever met, other than maybe my brother and boyfriend and dad. But um, (laughs) in in terms of like transformation, um, I went with with a knee injury, and... I was a bit like, God, I don't know what this yoga thing is, but it's really kind of helping beyond just my knee pain. Um, And he used to kind of photocopy snippets and would kind of give me books. And it just very quickly became a daily practice for me from him kind of inspiring me to do yoga at home. So it was very much kind of instead of go to a class and do a sequence, it was really understand these poses and do yoga at home for yourself. So very quickly I started my daily practice um, and then I was doing my masters and studying for things that I wasn't very interested in and, and there was lots of shuffle in my team and so I just realised how unhappy I was through doing yoga and kind of realising what my purpose was. Um, luckily I had a coach for a few hours so my company when I went to them and said hey I'm not I don't really want the next step up in the in the ranks um, but I don't know what to do with with this kind of unhappiness they got me a coach and the yoga really came out so I spent a long time kind of really mapping out what what did I love what did I like about the job I did and realized that I loved kind of running events, I loved yoga and actually becoming a yoga teacher is a career and my parents probably, they did the right thing, they taught me to go to get a, you know, get a degree and get a secure job and I think it's fantastic advice but it wasn't right for me and um, I didn't really believe that yoga teaching was a proper career until the coach kind of really mapped out what you can do. Um, with it. So then I travelled to India, so I handed my master's in on um, Christmas Day and then Boxing Day I flew to India to become a yoga teacher, so that was the most unused two years of studying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I I, um, studied in Goa and then came back to London with no real knowledge about the yoga or wellbeing industry because I'd just done yoga in my office with this um, amazing man. And um, then didn't have a house and didn't have a job anymore and didn't have any earnings and that's when my friend who's actually still my mentor he said hey I've got this random office space in Vauxhall I don't use it in the evenings why don't you just run some yoga classes and just have the have the space for free so I then um, designed a flyer and just put free yoga and just offered everyone their first class for free and 
kind of built a net worth up from there and then he moved away from Vauxhall and that's when I found my um, Clapham Junction community class which I still teach in to this day and it is one of my favourite two classes on a, on a Tuesday night. Um, I love teaching there and it's just been so wonderful just to have that community and some people from Vauxhall from my very first yoga classes still come to Clapham Junction now so it's been really nice. So that first class you're in Vauxhall, how many people turned up for it? Do you know what? I flyered in the freezing cold. It was like the um, end of February, beginning of March time. So about this time, um, a few like years ago. And I flyered outside of Vauxhall Station at rush hour. So you can imagine how many people are coming through off the overground onto the Victoria Line. And people would be really cold and push you out the way and tell you that you're standing in their way. And I used to think this one flyer can change someone's life like yoga changed mine. And it was free. So I actually got like packed out class. And I had my first two weeks, I just ran free classes for two weeks. And then I put in the, the package, which is, I haven't changed my prices since the beginning. It was, you know, £8 um, a class if you buy um, a book of five classes. Um, and so, yeah, my classes were packed up yeah. after that. Just from it's that, a pretty like, good price, one considering. Class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for me, like, I teach in lots of corporates and, you know, private places. And for me, I really want to have a community and I want to be able to give affordable yoga classes because there's so many amazing um, yoga studios that have fantastic timetables and they have um, shower facilities and everything you need. And I can't do that just having a small community hall um, where I just have two evenings available to me. So I have to make the prices um, reasonable so that people also come back. But the teaching doesn't change wherever I teach. Yeah, It's actually funny, and this is totally unrelated, but earlier today I had a friend um, who I was working with and she invited me to come do yoga with her and she actually lives in Clapham as well so this is more than just a coincidence like, I feel did, like I didn't see her in my class <laughs> <laughs> and um she was I was like yeah like why not I've, I've uh, I don't really know never really given it a shot before and I was like how much is it and she was like oh it's like 30 pounds per class I was like mm, no thanks <laughs> like maybe but now now I have be like hey I, I know of another class that we could try out yeah so that's funny <laughs> exactly and I just think because uh, because my teaching you know I had it free because it was in the office and I just had to go downstairs and and there was my yoga class and I feel like um I was taught to do yoga at home, which is also free. And I, I, know, I know, you know, us yoga teachers, we pay a lot of money and we constantly are learning and we're constantly doing teacher trainings and we do need to get paid well for it. So I understand why other people, you know, it's expensive to do classes. But I also feel like, you know, being in silence in your house, um, there's so much on YouTube these days um, that I think you can... Um, do it for free at home as well. Don't you actually have a YouTube channel? I do. <laughs> it doesn't have that much on. For me, I'm really trying to promote that 10 minutes a day, just if you can't get to class, if you're just going once every two weeks, 10 minutes every day is amazing. So I have two six-part um, six series. And one is based on sleep, because I think, you know, just 10 minutes of relaxing yoga at the end of the day will really help you to boost your sleep. And also, I have an unoffice yourself series because I think we all sit in chairs and on desks these days. And I've heard that the statistics are as 
and it's bad for us as smoking. So um, I've got kind of 10 minutes that work throughout the body just to combat those areas when we, um, when we sit. Yeah, I'm sure we could all use well, that a little bit. Um, I feel like I sit way too often, <laughs> even when I uh, do exercise during the day. So before we started recording, you mentioned that a lot of what you do is alignment-based yoga. Do you mind just explaining what that is and how it's different um, from other types of yoga? Yeah, so I um, had an Iyengar teacher uh, um, in my office, so I was really lucky to get a really grounding kind of fundamental practice without realising. Um, and then when I went to India, I did a variety, it was called like a multi-style um, uh, teacher training, which was interesting having had an Iyengar teacher, so I came back to the UK, I did my 500 hour teacher training, which was amazing for philosophy, and kind of the understanding of Sanskrit and chanting, but for me, I didn't, I still didn't get that kind of, how do you teach asana to people who are very un, unembodied, you know, which, which we all are at the beginning. And so I use lots of props as a technique to help our alignment, to help our posture, um, to really allow the muscles to wrap around the bones in the right way. So for me, I'm trying to strengthen legs and hips so that our, the strength in our legs and our hips actually to keep our spine upright and then the muscles are relaxed, therefore our mind is relaxed. So it all comes down to that feeling of peace and relaxation in your mind, but in order to get that, we've got to really kind of strengthen the legs. So you, you'll find that you're maybe holding postures a little bit longer, that you're using props to kind of aid your practice, to give you an interesting experience, rather than, oh, you're the stiff person at the back, so let me give you some props, <laughs> which we've all been there. Yeah, exactly. So we'll all start with all the props, and then maybe if you're more mobile, you can get rid of some, but... I, I like to make everyone kind of feel even in, in class. Very nice. Um, what, what kind of people do you get down to your classes? Everyone. I had some mums yesterday. Um, I get some guys, which I really promote more men to do yoga. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really diverse. I even had like an 85-year-old lady come for a few sessions. Yeah, so it's really nice. It really does feel like a proper community. And for me, it's all about being accessible and feeling welcomed. And it's not kind of, oh, these are my regular students and you're a newbie that isn't included. It's more like kind of welcome into the family. Um, and I really celebrate those people who are there for their first class. Um, as in first ever yoga class and those kind of beginners that want to hide at the back. Um, we really kind of celebrate them and welcome them into the fold. And how do you think we can promote people who've never done yoga to come down and try your classes or anyone else's classes? Because quite often what tends to happen in people's psychology is they want to do a class, they want it to be intense, they want to be really hard and then to go home and feel like they've achieved something. Whereas the time that I've done yoga, it's a slightly different mentality, but too often guys don't buy into that. So what do you think we can do to I think it? for guys it's about, um, especially, you know, guys who have other things going on like running or, you know, I've got some hockey guys or cycling or whatever. I think it's the, the like, um, injury 
you know, it's about promoting the fact that this is going to stop you getting injured. It's going to make you work harder in the gym. If you get your muscles aligned in the right place, you're going to be able to work harder and get more muscly in the gym and less injuries. Um, it's really difficult. I'm still trying to work on the psychology of how to kind of get that person off the street and into into the room. Um, and kind of Do you think sometimes people are put off you because they've had a bad experience at uh, one, a big box gym that offers 100 classes a week, they go to a yoga class there, it's not great and it puts them off? I don't even think that it's that the yoga class isn't great. I think sometimes um, people come in at the into the wrong yoga class. So if you are if you found yourself in a vinyasa yoga class at your very first class when you're nervous and you're you don't even know your left and right, um, and you're in the wrong place in the room, you'll be really out of your depth and you'll go away with a different experience. And I think that's what's difficult is we we see these timetables and there's all these different words like vinyasa and yin and what the hell does this mean and you kind of maybe are on one of those introduction call you know those introductory sessions and you just go into one and then you're blown away and go whoa you either go wow that was amazing that's for me or you'll go like what the hell is that um i'm not sure about that yoga thing which would have been me if i had to kind of look through a timetable first of all if i'd had to have found a local yoga centre, looked at the timetable and worked out what was for me and then actually entered. I don't think I would be here now. It was purely because it was alignment, there was no Sanskrit, no chanting, it was purely about what do you do every day in your body, in your life and how can this yoga class help you? And that's what I really try and emulate in my teaching. And how do you effectively put that across to customers when you're trying to get them into your community? I, start, I still fly her for free classes because I think it gets people in the door and that's all I want is just people coming in and it, once you're in then I can work the magic. So I do these really awful demonstrations of this is what we look like day to day and now look at you and your posture. So yeah, I tend to kind of demonstrate and break the, break the, um, the poses down. You're not supposed to demonstrate misalignment but I, I do find it helps students um, to do that but really you should be demonstrating like the beautiful pose at the end <laughs> what they're working towards. So switching gears a little bit what kind of mindset do you have going into a yoga session is it relaxed is it pumped up like how do you for me personally yeah yeah um yeah, I like a few minutes. So especially for Clapham Junction, I'm setting up the room. So some places that I teach, you know, the room's ready and I just kind of walk in and everything's there. So for Clapham Junction, I do like to be early and I like everything to be set up so that then I can just take a deep breath in and out. Yeah. Um, but over the years, it's, it's a lot easier for me now because I can read a room very easily. I practice very heavily. Um, with my teachers and so I have like a Monday morning class and I do that religiously like there's not much that stops me from going to it and I think as long as I'm practicing for myself I can give as much as I can to my students and I think it's really difficult and I know it's hard yoga teachers with you know we're teaching so many classes a week we're running for you know I'm London based so I'm running across London teaching classes and I know that people can say oh I haven't had time to practice myself 
And I think that's where the error starts to come in and, you know, maybe you start to be a bit more chaotic in your mind. So for me, um, Iyengar um, is what I practice for my body. It's very grounding for me. Um, if you know much about, like, Ayurvedic doshas, I'm Vata Pitta, which means I'm air and fire. And I don't have much kind of earthy, you know, like if you think of fire and air kind of, you know, the, the flames are going. Mm -hmm. um, and so I need a lot of grounding. And so holding a practice um, and staying in poses for longer really keeps me kind of grounded to the earth. So vinyasa feels amazing in my body. And like a rocket practice, I feel like on top of the world. But it actually sends me too much into the air and fire space, which is kind of and what we're trying to do is get an equilibrium that's right for like our dosha. But yeah, you should definitely look up doshas. It's very interesting. I'll have to. I'm kind of curious. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what is she talking about? What, what do you think I am based on the twenty minutes that you've known me so far? Well, you're quite. I think you're quite calm and grounded. So I would say like earthy. Earthy? Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> There's no right or wrong. They all have advantages and disadvantages. So my, my boyfriend is um, very grounding. He's very Catholic, which is good for our relationship because it means we're kind of helping each other out with the areas. Yeah. So he's like fire on earth. And so he'll get home and he recharges by sitting. And if you think of fire and air in a house, like I recharge by kind of being up and moving the whole time so I'll get home and he'll be like can you just sit down for two minutes and I'll be like can you just get up and do something <laughs> but once you start to learn about each other's doshas then you can go okay you need to do this you need yeah. to sit down I need to give you that time to recharge because that's how you recharge yeah and equally he lets he has to let me like fire around the house before I can like sit down yeah no it's really interesting yeah, yeah it really helps to you know with your relationships not just like within the house but at work and, and with your friendship groups and things yeah so I know and I noticed on your website that you have a lot of retreats workshops and you also have something called club yoga so uh, do you want to just tell us what all these things are <laughs> yeah so i my mum always said to me oh you should get a job that allows you to travel because i used to love traveling when i was younger and i said oh no because that would ruin my um you know it would, it would ruin my love for being able to explore the world and then becoming a yoga teacher it's amazing because i get to put on all these retreats and areas that i want to go on holiday um, and, you know, get the, the perfect equation of yoga in these amazing places in the world that really bring calmness and kind of take us outside of our everyday life, especially if, if we do live in London um, or, or cities where we can, you know, only have pockets of nature or have to kind of leave the city to get there. So I've got... Italy is one that's really close to my heart. It's one that I, I um, set up kind of within six months of teaching yoga, which was quite ambitious really, and I managed to get a full retreat. And I was just so overwhelmed that people wanted to kind of take time out of their day to come on holiday and do a yoga retreat. And it's, um, it's in the middle of a national park, a couple of hours from Florence, and there it's all run by solar power. There's Wi-Fi that's on for maybe half an hour a day if we need it. Um, we're in this beautiful forest and the monastery 
um, that we walk to is where Francis of Assisi um, retreated into his cave and then they, be, they built a monastery on top. So we do beautiful walks and we do yoga morning and evening and it's just really amazing just to have no um, light pollution and in the evening just look up and see kind of the Milky Way and you could be guaranteed to see a shooting star every night I would say if you kind of lie back for 20 minutes so it's a really beautiful retreat um, and it's just a really nice way just a kind of digital detox I think we're all in need of that yeah. and then the yoga just brings us really close to our body by not having all the kind of marketing and noise pollution and light pollution and everything that we have when we're kind of walking um, in our everyday lives so it's a good a good place to escape yeah, no, that sounds that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> and on the other hand, you've got club yoga, which is probably the opposite to that. Yeah, and we actually, even in Italy, we do club yoga at the end. It works really well once all the group is kind of really united. So club yoga is because, you know, day to day I teach this strong alignment based class. I promote people to do yoga for 10 minutes to help whatever they've been doing in their day and to, you know, prevent injuries, prevent illness, to prevent, um, you know, to boost your immunity and health. But I also know that we are, you know, we're in the city, we're urban modern yogis. I love music, so, you know, I, I'll still go to Ibiza every year, sober raving with everyone else who's off their face. And um, <laughs> for me, club yoga is a way of kind of using that euphoria of music and movement um, to really bring people together. So it's about a really strong community and it's about using music to get people together, to get people moving. It's quite fun. I bring my yoga teacher friends or anyone who wants to kind of co-teach with me, I bring them together. So we've got a hip-hop edition um, that's coming out and then we've got Love Specs, which is an amazing charity. Have you, ha have you seen Love Specs before? So Love Specs are an awareness piece for a charity called Love Support Unite and they have, um, they teach permaculture and agriculture so that it's sustainable in Malawi so that they can teach the knowledge around the villages. So it's a really amazing charity. And so we use the Love Specs, I'm not going to ruin it, you're, you're going to have to find mm -hmm. a pair of Love Specs or come to the session. Uh, we use the Love Specs throughout the flow, so we'll be moving and then there'll be times to put the Love Specs on and it just gives you a really nice experience. So each one is to kind of use other things alongside yoga just to give you a really nice experience. Yeah, and then we always finish with like goodie bags and bringing people together with drinks and maybe food and we have different options. So yeah, definitely check it out and you should come. Sounds very different. Sounds very exciting. Yeah, it's just... It's just because I think in London you can have so many experiences and it's just another way of getting people on the mat. So for me, I was, you know, I drank a lot of alcohol, I partied a lot and you would have never thought that I was then sat here kind of seven years later. And so I trust the yoga practice. So I know that club yoga is not going to be someone's enlightenment but it's going to put them on the path. So I did it at Secret Garden Party last year, so it's a festival. Um, and yeah, every weekend I went to different festivals last year and we were putting on club yoga and it was just, you know, people would kind of come into the tent and be like, oh, what are you doing? And I'd say, come and join us. And so suddenly, like, groups of guys who were just, like, walking through the festival were suddenly doing yoga and it might just have that seed that goes, oh yeah, that yoga we did at Secret Garden Party, let's let's do that again. 
So for me, I'm a bit like it's tricking people into doing <laughs> yoga and into building a really nice community um, because I, I trust the yoga practice to kind of move us on. That's great. So after this quick message from our sponsors, we'll be back with the rapid fire question portion. Hey everyone, Steph here, co-founder of Gay Sweat and sponsor of The Sweatcast. Gay Sweat wants to make discovering sports simple, so we've created a sports marketplace that allows users to easily discover and book sports and fitness near them. No more scrolling through Google, trying to find your local facilities. Gay Sweat lets you search for exactly what you want, where and when you want it. From silent disco boot camps to candlelit yoga and even Quidditch, we've got it all. For 20% off all Ghost Sweat activities, enter the discount code SWEATCAST at checkout. Happy sweating! Okay everybody, welcome back. So now we get to bounce some rapid fire questions off of you. Um, the first one, uh, we're going to get a little deep. <laughs> what is the most important lesson you have learned from practicing yoga? To be kind off the mat. I think some of us come to come into yoga thinking it's about us and our movement. And actually yoga happens the moment you step outside the yoga studio and it's about smiling at that person who's maybe knocked into you um, or is rude to you because they need it the most and it's about, you know, helping each other. Um, and that's, that's a great answer. Yeah, yeah. That's, and it's real yoga. So, what are some uncommon benefits that you have found through practicing? So, this could be anything from I'm getting better sleep to what you just said, where I'm I'm just a nicer person in general. Yeah, I think it's made me less crazy girlfriend. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend would be happy I've said that. Um, yeah, in terms of that calmness. You know, if he doesn't respond to me, it's okay. He's busy. He's not just trying to not respond to me. Um, I definitely think um, it's like a, a mental thing where we just tell each other, you know, we tell ourselves the most nastiest things. It's a really interesting thing when um, we were made to write down the nastiest thing that we could we say to ourselves. And it was all anonymous and everyone did it in a room put it into the centre of the pot, and then you had to pull out what people were saying to themselves. Yeah. Like, really inspiring people in the wellbeing industry were saying the nastiest, nastiest things to themselves. Yeah. And I think doing yoga has really taught me and noticed that chattering um, noise and has allowed me to ignore it when the boyfriend's out at 2am and I want to be like... Where the <laughs> <laughs> I just go back to sleep. <laughs> he does a lot more meditation. Um, he does gymming and running, and he has just come on his first yoga retreat with me. So he came skiing and then did yoga and did every single class. So I'm really happy that he's starting to see the benefits. But I think it's a difficult thing with um, with when you're really passionate about yoga and you want everyone around you to do it. And I think. Um, being a good teacher kind of gets the people at the right point of their journey and allowing it. So that's another thing yoga yeah. allowed me to do was stop putting pressure on people to do yoga. Um, okay, then what is uh, a book recommendation that you have um, or one that you often give as a gift? It doesn't necessarily need to be about yoga, it could be about anything. 
Yeah, so there's a few. So one of the books, so when I did my career change, um, what I didn't talk about earlier was um, there was an event that I was running where I brought people, so alumni people, back into the company to talk about the amazing things that they'd done leaving the law firm. So an insurance um, solicitor was then writing articles for The Telegraph and this guy went off to LA and was now a producer of films. And this lady, she talked about changing and setting up her own company and she had a book called Working Identity. And I bought that book and I read it and I met her and that was that point where I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? So Working Identity, and I don't even know whether it's an interesting book now. <laughs> it was just a point that really got me at the time I needed to, but it talks about, um, you know, a guy in finance turns to Buddhism and is then a, a Buddhist and it really kind of talks through different ways that you can do your career change. And I've lent it to people who have been interested in my career change and they've said that it's been useful. A yoga book, so Yoga the Iyengar Way is an amazing book. Um, for people who want to do practice at home. So I always say to people, if you want to do yoga at home and you don't know how to do maybe um, like an Ashtanga sequence or a Vinyasa flow sequence, um, just pick one pose and at the back of the book it has different sequences so it kind of will, will kind of give you a year's worth of sequences that you can do in order to improve your practice. So they're two books I'd recommend. Okay. And then... What is one purchase that you've made for under a hundred pounds, let's say within the last year, that's had a positive impact on your life? Oh God, well I didn't actually buy that much anymore. There's three things that I buy with my food shopping that's really good for your kind of beauty regime for females <laughs> and males. So a mango, and what I do is when I, I eat the fruit, yeah. and what I do with the, the inside of the mango okay. is I rub it on my face, really? and it's a face mask, and it's amazing. The, it's, the stone in the middle? So, the, so you take the stone out, you eat the fruit, and then the, the skin, yeah. so the inside of the skin, yeah. that's the bit I rub on my face. Okay. And if you don't want to do it that day, you just put it in the fridge, and then it lasts like How long do you days. get on your face for? Like 10-15 minutes, just like okay. a normal face mask, okay. but it's free, and we always just chuck that bit out. Um, How did you discover that? I think I read it in a book somewhere, <laughs> like an old school book, you know. Um, and then, and also then once I, once I started doing that, I saw on loads of beauty products, they all use mango extracts. I think it's a vitamin C as well that, that helps. Um, apple cider vinegar is the most amazing toner. And then coconut oil is fantastic for taking your makeup off. Maybe you guys don't need to know that, but it's also <laughs> yeah. an amazing moisturizer. So those, just those three things, you can moisturize your face, you can then, um, get rid of like London pollution. I wouldn't do apple cider vinegar every day, but maybe weaken it down and you can. And then you can moisturize with coconut oil. But I actually don't spend that much money <laughs> at all on anything. So my, my main investment is on maybe Audible, Spotify, and um, I can't remember the third one that I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have Netflix. I don't really watch TV. I'm, my boyfriend calls me a cinematard because I don't, you know, those people who just remember quotes and remember actors of like 10 different films. Nothing else. I'm just blank when those conversations <laughs> come up. <laughs> okay, final question for you. If you had to give a TED Talk, what would it be about? <laughs> 
God, that's such a difficult one. Um, I have no idea, but I tell you what, I absolutely love TED Radio, so I'm really into podcasts and I listen to TED Radio all the time. Um, and one of the like TED Talks I particularly like is um, by James Doty, and it's Hacking Your Brain for Happiness. But I think um, I think everyone on um, on the TED Talks are really inspirational. Yeah. So, yeah. Is that is that your favorite podcast? I guess you would say. I love Rich Roll. I think he has the most interesting people on his podcasts. Um, for yoga, I really like um, Jason Crandall's wife has a podcast called Yoga Land, um, which is a good one. And then I'm really into Tony Robbins at the moment. Okay. Those are all good and well-known people. <laughs> um, so that about wraps it up. Uh, I just want to give you a special thanks for coming on today. We really enjoyed it. Uh, just before we let you go, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you or contact you if they want to reach out. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been <laughs> great being here. Um, so you can find me on all social media, Kelly Brooks Yoga. I think um, I think definitely if you want to do some practice, go to YouTube and please email me if you have anything that you want to see um, or if you have any questions. I always um, ask students to email me because then it actually makes me get my camera out, set my room up and um, film. So yeah. I really like to have kind of one student in mind when I do those things. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much again. Thank you very much. Thank you.